Hi, you're very welcome to the film show. I'm Mike Sheridan, that's Dean Malumby, that's Brian Lloyd. He has a defensive pose. The second I was like, let's go, we're rolling, Brian went, <laughs> folded his arms. Right away. I thought that was his professional stance. Is that your professional stance? Well, it is. But yeah, you see, because if you recall back to the old days of the movie show, anytime you'd say, because there was a, there was a, remember we did the 100 episode video thing? Yeah. And every time it started off, I would literally fold my legs and then you would kind of like do that and I'd yeah, fold my legs. Just... And it was just, it was just a thing. So just now that I just, because I don't have the opportunity to fold my legs, I'll just fold my arms. Okay. There's producer Dave as well. Hello. Hello. Uh, enjoy, enjoyed the show last week, guys. Enjoyed the show. Thank you. Uh, they did a great job hosting. Um, Brian brought his phone in, which All I right. uh, yep. which are now, now now see this is this is what um I think we need to address this, and I think we need to get it out of the way, right? Brian Brian was ranting earlier on about being a professional. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. Just trying to do and my I job. And I cut to the show last week, and he's like, Brian, your phone is ringing. Yeah, because I'm a professional and trying to do my job and I have to be available. No, um, I, I, I don't have any <laughs> Yeah, that's I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't have any excuse. I could give you, I could make up a lie. Yeah. Um, Which your car wasn't been robbed again. No, my car was not being robbed. Um, I don't have any excuse. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just. It's, <laughs> I was just wrong. I was just wrong. I yeah. will admit that. Um. I don't like it. And it, the hilarious thing is, is that it's not as if I'm some really popular person. I'm not at all. Nobody likes me. Nobody likes me in the slightest. So it's not like I have like this social life where everyone's trying to ring me. That never happens. Okay. It was literally. You have two phones, don't you? You have like a but You like the wire. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's not get into that. <laughs> But um, <laughs> it's like that's my drug dealing phone. That's, don't talk about my drug dealing phone. Let's not talk I mean, about it. Use that when I'm on the corner. Yeah, let's use that when I'm on the corner. Yeah, yeah, when I'm slinging. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's the not mean if... streets are clean. <laughs> Brian lives. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I apologize. So anyone who was listening last week and heard it, I am. No, I, I, I don't think it actually picked up the phone. It was more of an annoyance thing because yeah. it was disruptive. It was disruptive. Yeah. I agree completely. It was disruptive. I was listening to it and I was thinking, oh, I'm like a teacher. I'm going to have to confiscate Brian's phone before we do the show. I'm really sorry. Like, I, I think you were a nightmare in school, were you? In school, yeah, I didn't. We didn't like this is just showing my age now. We didn't have mobile not mobiles. We're saying in general, you know, you were disruptive. A handful. This is true. It was. There you go. How do we know that? It's a it's a fairly muck week this week in it terms is. of releases, because mm. um, it's been a, a blockbuster few weeks in terms of what's been coming out. So we're going to just uh, throw caution to the wind, I suppose, and do a Halloween special. Why not? And talk about scary movies. That time of year. After that time all. of year. So this will be out just after Halloween. At least the video uh, aspect of the show will be as well. So I want to talk about some of our favorite scurdy movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just that, that show on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House. Is that what it's called? Yes. Hill House Haunting. The Haunting of Hill House. The Haunting of Hill House. I got it yeah. right the first time. Uh, which I think is the best horror I've seen in years. Um, would you guys who who have seen it? I still haven't seen it yet. No? I actually I started watching that Sabrina thing uh, oh, last really, night. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Really? It's really good, yeah. It's like, it's gas. Like, I mean, it's very... Does it take itself seriously? No, not at oh, all. Oh, okay. No, not at all. But like, it's not as directly funny as the original mm. Sabrina with um, Melissa John Hart and all that. But it's good though. It's funny, like in parts, and it's very full on, and it's just it, it's it's fun. Like it's it's, it's enjoyable. And your one is very good in a Karen and Shipka. Yeah, she looks the, really like Melissa. John yeah, Hart, yeah, and like she was brilliant in Mad Men as well. And um, that lady who was Dawn in the UK office. I don't know her real name. Oh, um, oh, I've lost it. Lucy Davis. Lucy Davis. Yeah, it is Lucy Davis. Lucy Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she plays um, Anne Hilda, 
Yeah. And uh, the other lady was in Lord of the Rings. Miranda Otto. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool cast. It's a great yeah. cast. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's a great cast. Yeah, does it look know. like it has a bit of cash behind it? Oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah. it does look like it's got plenty of money. That Netflix it. money. It's great, isn't it? Why are we talking about Netflix and not talking about scary movies? Oh, and I've been catching up on Treehouse of Horror, if we're all talking about oh, yeah, Halloween-themed watching. Do they still make those every year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the last um, the last one was actually the 30th. It just aired last week. I haven't seen that one now. I'm up to 21, 22. But I mean, they're still fairly solid, the specials. They were always my favourite. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. The shinning. I just watched the one um, in the Navi, which is the Avatar parody. Oh, that yeah. one's very good. Yeah, some of it's absolute gold. When the Simpsons went all like, all out genre, it just got really great. Like the the uh, Itchy and Scratchy Land is mm. my favorite episode. Westworld. Yeah, you get yeah. the hell. Tell the Mitchie sent you. Who's <laughs> yeah. off the helicopter? Brilliant stuff. Okay, so we spoke about Halloween uh, for the past couple of weeks. We're not going to mention Brian's star downing because we've talked about that. Uh, I think enough. Enough. Yes. So if you have to go, okay most seminal horror movies ever made most seminal scary movies ever made the ones that had the biggest impact on you yeah. <laughs> because it's not always the overt horror films no. that are the scariest it's especially when, when you kind of see them in your formative years the, mm. what movies do you remember from when you were younger because again and it's kind of different because we say yeah. this all the time you're the oldest Yeah, we both have older siblings so yeah. they might be watching yeah. and we're not supposed to be what we're supposed yeah. to be watching and you're like ugh well I had a different like kind of experience with horror movies because basically I saw one when I was about 13 or 14, called The Ring, which people oh, yeah. know. Yeah, that the remake or the... This is the American oh, version. Oh, the American one with Naomi yeah, Watts. with yeah. Naomi Watts, exactly. Which scared me so much that I couldn't watch horror movies for years. So <laughs> I would, I just got really, really freaked out. And I, I, I don't know if I told you yeah. guys, but like a week after I saw the movie, um, I was on a holiday with my parents and I was in a hotel room with a TV like in front of me. You know how the TVs are right in front of you. And like, I, I just didn't sleep that night. Avril Lavigne's going to call out that TV. But yeah, so that was kind of my upbringing but like I've been able to watch them since <laughs> <was> like <laughs> but like since, 10 like, years but since I like went to college and I studied film and everything then I kind of had to make myself like get yeah. into them and watch them again but like I started off with like kind of the 15s ones like silly ones like It's Alive which is about the mutant yeah, like yeah. murderous baby yeah. that one's gas that, that's kind of like a slight um, parody of like Frankenstein or yeah. whatever so that one and then like it's only in like maybe the last like three to five years that I've gone back now and I've watched a bunch of the classics like I saw um, well the Texas Chainsaw Massacre now I saw as part of college it was one of the courses but I've seen The Shining in full from like start to finish and like The Exorcist and Nightmare on Elm Street and ones like that only in recent years So, so it's interesting because so the guy Mike Flanagan who made Haunting of Hill House mm. and an incredible job at it and mm. um, he's, direct, he's directing the sequel yeah, to the Dr. Shining Sleep, Dr. Yeah. Sleep Ryan mm. and you I'm surprised you haven't watched Haunting a Hill House yet yeah no it's just one of those things that just I, haven't got around are you to it, like. scared no not at all no god like I mean I literally I've been banging the drum for Gerald's game the film he did yeah uh, with that's Carla true Gugino, yeah. Bruce, Bruce Greenwood, Greenwood. like yeah. that is really really good um, no I'll, I'll get around to it like um, when you finish Sabrina when I finish Sabrina yeah once I'm done with Sabrina <laughs> hey I'm enjoying it like I don't care like I, whatever yeah no I will get to it though um Scary films that I saw. I've talked about it before. In fact, I told the whole story about it on the show before, but I'll tell it again. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Um, and what happened was my brother and sister used to... My sister used to scrape... had long nails. She used to scrape the door. Like what Freddy oh, Krueger would do. So before. Cruel, yeah. And then my my brother would turn the light on and off outside. So, and then leave me trapped in the bedroom. Imagine then, little Brian there like... Yeah. Ah! 
Yeah, literally. Maddie! Yeah, literally, like, screaming the house down, like, and they turn the lights on and off and, like, scrape the door, like, and, like, one, two, three, <laughs> so mean. <laughs> Roaring, and, um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you're laughing. This is, this oh, yeah, genuinely yeah. happened. This genuinely happened. Um, and there was a TV series as well, which was Freddy's, Freddy's Nightmares. Freddy's Nightmares, yeah, mm. they used to be on Sky One. And there it was, was like a, an anthology series. Yeah, it was yeah. like an anthology series, yeah. And there was a thing in it where it was like somebody was sitting in the seat and then they get pulled into the seat and that for some reason just freaked me out even more. And I couldn't sit on seats for a while. You're laughing. <laughs> You're laughing. How, so you couldn't sit on I couldn't seats. sit on seats because I was always afraid it was going to like slip What about the toilets? Taken away. Toilets were okay. okay. Toilets were fine. Because that's but, practical, you that's know. That's practical, so yeah. So sitting. Just like in. hover, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, but like seats for... Like it's a public toilet and you're like, I want to catch up. Well, like, yeah, I mean, that, that was a practical. But like, you have to remember, like, I was like about four years old when they were doing this to me. Like, so this yeah. is clearly <laughs> trauma. That's child abuse. That is child abuse. Like, that's clearly, like, traumatized years later. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I mean, I like one of my all-time favorite films is The Shining. And... I watch it now and I can understand why it terrifies people, but it doesn't terrify. I'm just more kind of taken in mm. by the visuals of it. Like, yeah. Um, and just how it's able to kind of like create this like really strong atmosphere of dread. And I'm always going on about the documentary Room 237 um, just in terms of like the symbolism that he was, that Stanley Kubrick was using, like the whole thing about like, it's basically there's a theory. There's loads of different theories about The Shining. And one theory is that he wanted to make a movie about uh, Native American genocide. And if you go back and watch The Shining, there's loads of references in the background to Native American mm. uh, culture. And like, there's all, then there's another thing of like, um, it was actually about how he, how, now this, this is really out there, but there's another theory that The Shining is about how Stanley Kubrick helped to fake the moon landing. Yeah, no, I can I've see heard that one too. Yeah, no, yeah, just uh, yeah. let me. Like, no, I, you're making that face, producer Dave. Let me, let me draw Cynic, you. A you're picture. cynical. You're cynical face. Let me draw you a picture. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily cynical. I'm just very much looking forward. To I'll tell you why, stuff. right? And I'm gonna need, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna need some visual uh, telling of this, right? So, um, the carpet where we see little Danny playing with his toys. You know when the ball rolls mm. up to him. Um, the actual pattern design is the exact same pattern design as um, the carpet on the moon. No, no, no. Uh, Cape Canaveral, Cape Canaveral. The 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 launch pads for Cape Canaveral. This is already a stretch. No, this is all true. And the shirt that he's wearing, the jumper that Danny is wearing in that is uh, an Apollo Eleven uh, jumper, right? So the theory is, the theory is, is that when the ball is thrown to him, the ball represents the lie that is the moon landing and then when he grabs the ball and stands up it looks like he's basically the lie was that this was going to the moon and then it was symbolism and he was then, angry and then the bit where Jack is freaking out to his wife and he's all like you know do you have any idea what I have to do do you have any idea what a contract is all this thing that's a ho- that's ooh, that's Stanley Kubrick <laughs> wait for it I'm sounding like Alex Jones it's so automated <laughs> Um, Intergalactic beans. They're just people. <laughs> um, but no, the story is is that that whole sequence was Stanley Kubrick freaking out to his wife about the secrecy of him uh, having to keep the secret that he was hired by the government. He didn't to... do a great job keeping a secret if he put all the symbolism in exactly. one of the biggest yeah. movies ever exactly. made. Exactly, this is I, true. I'd agree with that. This and is also, true. Also, if he went to that effort, like costume designer is like. Oh, we're gonna, and he's like, no, no, put this Apollo 11 jumper on your man. He's like, why? He's like, 
no reason. And then at no point in the rest of the future was he after like a couple of sherries and be like, I'll tell you something now, right? Yeah. Do you know that film we made? sherries. It's uh, it's funny because I actually faked moon landing. <laughs> like between between setups on uh, Eyes Wide Shut where all the orgies going on, he was like, lads, go <laughs> yeah. break the ice. You know what I mean? Remember that time when America landed on the moon? Wow. Like, no, I mean, I, 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 look, what I, would, what I would say to you is, is if you watch Room 237, it's a very entertaining. Now, I'm, I'm, I don't subscribe to this at all. You're, just, I, you're a flat earther though, aren't you? What? You're a flat earther. Am I in my hoop? <laughs> but, um, the table in front of you is symbolism. Is yeah, symbolism is, of the earth. Yeah. No, but I mean, I just, it's, I, 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 the reason why I always talk about uh, The Shine is, is because it is so rich with... Yeah. Yeah. ways you can watch it that's what I would say it's so rich in ways you can watch it and Room 237 is a brilliant companion to it because it explores the different ways that people can watch it Like, and for a horror film like, like and horror is always kind of considered to be like one of the lesser genres you know that kind of way that it's just really kind of up, that's probably true I think up until Science of the Lambs because Science of the Lambs won the Oscars and that was seen as a mm. homecoming of sorts for, yeah. our, for uh, not a homecoming but a trailblazer of sorts for or horror or Freak Jewel yeah and um, what Freak I was, see, because I've got, my siblings are like seven, nine and ten years older than me. So they were like way more advanced. So, oh, yeah. you know, by default, then I was as well. So films they watched when I was growing up was like um, uh, Fright Night, oh, uh, yeah. Child's Play. So a lot of that was kind of like yeah. 80s and then VHS. Uh, Gremlins, that type of stuff. Gremlins um, was more of a comedy. It was, but so was Child's Play. So ah. if you watch Child's Play, you watch Child's Play back, uh, Chucky's hilarious. Brad yeah. Dorff does the voice of Chucky. It's very funny. But I remember even seeing the trailer first. I've been freaked out by the trailer first. Yeah. Mm. I was terrified. But again, I was like seven or eight or something. Um, but for me, it's still the best movie, I suppose, in that genre. And that's not discounting the fact that I think you're talking about The Shining, right? Yeah. The Shining is more unsettling. Yeah. And I think more, discon- more disconcerting because yeah. there's elements where you're like, that's freaky. And they're, I think they're the moments that stick out for you with, with yeah. movies that are supposed to scare you as opposed to a gory death for something like even the Texas Chainsaw Massacre D because mm. it's just mental and you can't believe you're watching it. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched that I was in, I was in college I think I was in school and I remember I was about 15, 16 and I remember as it ends I'm just sitting there with my mate going Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that was like I don't, well I don't think it was the first movie to do this but it was kind of pre the Blair Witch Project in that it was saying that this was kind of you know based on something that yeah. actually happened. Make stuff, it just you know? a bit scarier. Yeah. Yeah. And Last House on the Left as well which is Wes Craven's first movie too. Yeah. Um, there was something about movies back in the 70s as well and I think you'd seen directors play with that a little bit and um, where it follows and or that mm. was probably more of an 80s voice but there's something about how films looked back then yeah. and I don't know mm. it's because it's when you know you begin watching them or whatever it is but there's something about how they look about how they feel that's a little bit like oh I think it's just I'm more scared. yeah I think it was more kind of like there was a real there was an intensity there yeah. was an intensity with it um, and because it was so fresh you know that kind of because it hadn't been done before like you watch like The Exorcist for example like William Friedkin on that movie was insane the stuff that he got up to like he literally was like firing off guns in the set to try to get people terrified. There's a scene in it where um, Ellen Burstyn gets thrown across this, uh, the screen. Mm. And the first time he did it, she was just like kind of lightly tugged. And then he was like, look, we're going to go full tilt in this. And he told her, look, she was like, the first time she did it, it was like, ow, that's really sore. And he's like, don't worry, we're going to, we'll, we'll take it easy. Then he went to the, like the stunt guy and he was like, pull it as hard as you can. And like, you can see her actually, that's the scene that made it into the film. She actually broke her coccyx. 
and you can like the anguish on her face, Lord. yeah, the anguish on her face where you can actually see her in agony, like that's real. Like, and I think that's why seventies films, seventies horrors rather, have much more of a of an edge to them because they were just people were just going full tilt mm. for it. Like, like even in Halloween, like John Carpenter's Halloween, like yeah. it was. Like that kind of point of view thing had never been done before. Like you'd never seen what it was like. And then Friday yeah. the Thirteenth ripped her right off. Yeah, Cunningham. Yeah, Com- completely. Yeah. And then Alien would be kind of another example of yeah. that. The fact that none of the actors on set like knew that that was going to happen. The alien bursting out of the yeah. chest. And wasn't it? I can't remember the name of the actress, but the one who's standing Veronica beside. Cartwright. Yeah, she had a panic she, attack. She like yeah. like you can see she is terrified in that scene and she like like she has a fear of blood or something yeah, in real life and everything like, yeah. so like she <laughs> just she went movie. kind of <laughs> she went kind of nuts well she didn't know she was yeah. in that movie that's the whole point I suppose yeah the whole thing I did, the story around that was with the, they were told look something's gonna come out of it but they didn't know what it was yeah. and they basically had kind of rigged like like the, the blood packs or whatever mm. and apparently they forced it up too much and the blood splattered everywhere and it all got all over their faces yeah and when it hit your one Veronica Cartwright, she apparently like screamed crying and they actually yeah. had to stop filming because she was like that shocked by it. Like, And it's funny you mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre because Ridley Scott was saying how um, they actually, before they began work on Alien, they watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, that yeah. would have been a few years before. There's yeah. no yeah. gore really in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, but they were saying it was well, the shock factor. It was like... The, yeah, it but it is, no, if, you, if you watch it, there's, I think there's a scene where the bone been cut with the chainsaw, but that's it. There's no gore, there's no blood. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's no, not like kind of excessive amounts of blood, but there's certainly like violence, you know? No. I mean, she's stuck up on a meat hook Yeah, that stuff, wasn't sound. So. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's not, a, that it, it's not the intensity of it. Like that's It's almost like it's intensity. like the bluntness mm-hmm. of what happens with, with, with exactly with yeah. that scene. And that actor's response to that scene, and it just seems so Primal. real. Mm. And like that, and I think that's the scariest stuff because mm. Mm. you mentioned the Blair Witch Project, and I don't think the Blair Witch Project gets enough credit for how impactful it was. And I mean, it led to all the paranormal activity movies and a bunch mm-hmm. of other found footage movies as well. When the Blair Witch Project first came out, you're probably a young nipper for this, David. You probably don't remember this, right? But when the Blair Witch Project came out, and um, people we didn't know that nobody it wasn't knew. nobody knew that it wasn't when somebody got to Ireland people knew but it was when it first came out in America and the screenings first happened because they used their real names they used mm-hmm. the actors real names everybody thought this was everybody thought it was like a snuff movie everybody was terrified mm. do, what, do, you, do you remember much about when it first came out I do remember yeah I remember for one of the ads for it they actually showed people after the film like literally in their seats like crying and stuff mm. like this and not being able to understand it Um. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's not the first found footage. The very first found footage film was a film called Cannibal Holocaust from the 70s that was made mm-hmm. in Italy. And like you were saying, the snuff film, it, what happened with Cannibal Holocaust was, was that they actually purposely wanted people to think it was a snuff film. Um, and there was, like, a local magistrate actually charged the director with murder. And then as part of the kind of promotional thing for it, he actually brought the actors in and said, no, this is a snuff, this is not a snuff movie. This was this was all filmed. Blair Witch Project, I think it was kind of unintentionally done that way because you're right, they did use the actors' real names, but they never kind of um they didn't they didn't do any promotion for it. Like it was all just sort of like this film is out there, this is how it was done. It was Sundance, wasn't it? Of Sundance, course it went yeah. at Sundance and it turns up and everybody was like, What the Jesus? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Do you remember the Blair Witch coming out? I do indeed. Do you remember yep. when it went what was it like when it went all the way down to Cork now? Uh, Did you think it was real? Well, see, what was it? 98? 99? Yeah, 98, yeah, 99. I was 10. 
uh, probably wouldn't have been allowed to see it then. I think it was probably a year or two later after I saw it. But I, the the uh, to be honest, when I watched it, I thought it was dreadfully boring until it a got lot of people to like, did think the that. end. It's but the end was terrifying. I think uh, the marketing for it because the marketing for it was genius. But that build up of oh my god, what's kind of going to happen? Because mm. it's mm. made they made it for twenty grand or something. So there's not yeah. going to be. Oh no! As in, I, th- I thought it was good, but this was as a hyperactive ten year old. I was like. Come on, like do something, <laughs> and then at the end I was like, "Oh no, stop doing things," because it was very scary. But isn't the kind of thing like I mean, again, it's that thing of like, uh, anytime I think of Blair Witch Project, now I think a scary movie. I think at the bit where it's they're they do the bit where she's running through the forest and then she's like holding the camera down. And the forest, yeah, yeah and, and like the snot is coming out yeah. of her nose. That's uh, all I think of now yeah. when I think of Blair Witch. What movie freaked you out, producer Dave? Uh, it's actually one I think I've touched on before with the the children. Is one of the scarier films I saw. The no. children. The children. Yeah, I, I watched it. It was late night scary movies. There, probably six, seven years ago. I'd say I saw it. I think it's about ten years old. It was a British film, and it was like two families bring their young children, like toddler, like three, four, bring their kids up to the mountains, snowy mountains, and uh, the kids turn into psychopathic killers and they start killing their family. Murderous toddlers. Yeah. But it's like convincingly done as opposed to like slapstick. But then again, it has been years since I saw it. So, but I do remember watching it and just being, it was just really unnerving because it was their own kids. Yeah, that's kind of like children. usually the the ones that like get protected in these kind of things. Yeah. They were the antagonists and it just kind of came gradually kind of thing. Like, was there anybody famous there? Um, Not that I'm really aware of. I think, no, I think one of the girls, I think she was like, one of the lads' girlfriends in the in-betweeners a few years later or something <laughs> right, like that. Right. <laughs> wow. yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought I thought it was very good, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a child, I do remember being terrified by arachnophobia. The film? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That's just, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a spoiler. Well, I was thing, just scared of spiders. Yeah, yeah, spoiler. yeah. 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 I still haven't watched it, can't do it. Can't You're afraid of spiders? Yeah, I like spiders. spiders. Well, I mean, I mean, practically afraid of spiders, you know, in that, like, if I see a joint tarantula, I'm not going to be, like, near it. Hmm. I'm not going to hold it and be like, isn't that cute? No, well, you do live like in that. Ireland, so poisonous ones are. Oh, there's more of them now. They're all like, coming yeah, over. False with, they're all coming over with the bananas and stuff, and then mating with our spiders and eating them. And that, apparently, that's something that's happening. <laughs> How do they carry? All right, that's, that's what that taxi driver told me that time. And I don't think he was lying. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I was going to say that's that's clearly a taxi driver story I've ever heard of. You know they're coming over on the bananas. Yeah, they're, they're uh, poisonous. You can die. Yeah, false widows is I think is what they're called. They're, they're like the really big ones. Rats freak me out though. Rats, Rats freak. Too. Yeah. Oh well, see. they're like kind of big and yeah. proper. Like <sighs> just, yeah. pizza rat was real cute. No, I think of them um, king rats. If you want to really terrify yourself, Wikipedia king rat. That image will. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. that'll stay with you for days. And like, don't like if you're editing this. Charlotte, please don't put a picture up. <laughs> don't do it, okay? Because it's just disgusting. You're going to freak people out. Yeah. You're just traumatizing all our listeners slash viewers right now. Yeah. Just, if you want to really want to mess yourself up, look up King Rat. But ah. I, th- I think it's interesting though talking about, you know, saying about the Blair Witch Project where it wasn't necessarily, it was like that one, or those couple of moments at the end of the film where you're like, oh, holy shit. And it just leaves mm. you yeah. a, li- a little bit stunned. There's moments like that, I think, in all the best horror movies. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. even um, Silence of the Lambs, where Lecter finally escapes and you go in and as a Clarice or somebody goes up and the police go up looking for him and you see what he did to one of the yeah, he police officers him, he leaves him yeah. that, I remember him terrified of that went, holy really? well I was young when I saw yeah, it I it was in 91 when that film came out 92 yeah. and I remember just been think, I remember just thinking holy 
because there was something just so sinister. Yeah. You know, that the psychopath had, it wasn't just somebody who just didn't just get stabbed and yeah. die, which is bad enough, obviously. Yeah, because the Silence of the Lambs has like these kind of just random, really violent, really like graphic, bloody moments. And I, I had the same it had the same impact on me in that it just kind of totally shocked you, especially, you know, when you get into the third act and everything, when you get more and more of those moments. So, yeah, yeah. I actually enjoyed all three of those movies, like Hannibal as well. And Hannibal's a beautiful, looking, mm-hmm. Hannibal's yeah. a beautiful looking movie. And uh, like this isn't a hipster thing to say, but Manhunter mm-hmm. is the Man best Hunter's of the, still the best. Brian Cox plays Hannibal Lecter just just that bit differently. Um, kind of, it's kind of like more passively psychotic yeah. than Anthony Hopkins, who's very much zoned in on stillness and mm. being terrified in the moment. Where Brian Cox is just as will casually say things into um, William Peterson, who played yeah. Will Graham in it. It's a great movie, yeah. yeah. And it's really like it, Michael Mann even stayed. Michael Mann's obviously to steal a phrase from Brian Lloyd, a director very much of his time. You know, for each film is of its time. And Manhunter's all the synth and the neon 80s music 80s, and yeah. the neon, but it's a. Yeah. It, will you call it a horror movie or not? It's a great movie, Brian, and it doesn't oh, get enough credit so at all. I love Manhunter. I'm so glad you brought the up the two Manhunter. fairies. Yeah, yeah, Francis Dollarhide. Yeah, and he was played by um, what's his name Noonan uh, Paul, not Paul Noonan. I forgot the guy. Uh, Tom Noonan. Tom, Tom Noonan. Noonan. He's in Heat. He's in Heat. Yeah. Last action hero. Yeah, and, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's a really well-known character actor. Yeah, but um, no, yeah. What Manhunter I think did really well was was really add style to horror. You know that kind of way because you look at you look at like horror movies of the eighties, like Child's Play or like Nightmare on Elm Street or any of those. They're very, very kind of. Um, direct and to the point and there's not a whole lot of kind of visual styling going on to it whereas when Michael Mann did it in Manhunter you yeah. could see that there was a real thought put into you know how is this going to look how is the colouring of this going to look how is you know that camera angle going to impact on the viewer I mean the closest thing I could kind of point to being similar to Manhunter would be something like Suspiria the original one with Dario Argento and that's mm-hmm. because Dario Argento he studied Art Deco. He like if you look at Suspiria, the original one, there's a lot of Art Deco um, design. I remember it. trying to watch it years ago and I couldn't sit through. No, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Like it's, a, it's and it's not a great film to be honest. But in Manhunter, there's loads of Art Deco in it as well, and like that's uh, Art Deco is an art movement that Michael Mann has used in all of his films. Like in, in Heat, there's loads of um, load of the buildings were shot, um, or load of the buildings that are featured in the background have Art Deco in it. Um, Public Enemy is the same as well. So it's just the idea of like using art and using an art movement to kind of influence horror is incredible. And that's something that isn't really done a lot. Um, well, I mean, it would have been used at like, sorry to get all like no, 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 go on. film referencing. Cabinet here. of Dr. Calieri. Yeah, I was yeah. going to mention, yeah, German um, expressionism. So that would have been kind of the very first. It's just interesting that kind of the first like horror movies that really kind of you know yeah. spanned Nosferatu out and became like and yeah that. exactly yeah. became hugely influential came from Germany and they came from like this kind of real like influence of art on yeah. cinema and stuff and I suppose that was also because like film from its very early time was kind of still considered like very much like a medium that was like just for entertainment and the yeah. lower classes and all of this jazz so yeah, yeah they used art and they incorporated it and it worked as it turned out particularly effectively in horror so there you Isn't go Isn't it funny how horror can be so cyclical as well yeah. and yeah. that's certainly like the found footage thing was a thing for a while yeah. and I mean yeah. Scream which is one of my favourite films yeah. flat out yeah. just one of my favourite films that launched a self-aware 
slasher meta, movie yeah, when it was the 70s it was Last House on the Left yeah. it was um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then lead up to Halloween then it was mm-hmm. Friday the 13th now it's well Haunting the Hill House I think and uh, a couple of them like The Nun The Conjuring mm-hmm. movies are so mm. successful it's that sp- like it's a go- it's more of a ghost thing right now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, supernatural, yeah, supernatural kind of ones. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, think it was also a huge one for yeah. kind of making you know horrors like big kind of box office fodder yeah. again. You know, well, it's open. It's opening opening weekend was so huge and mm-hmm. the film made so much money. Yeah, but it was it was a blockbuster. Like oh it yeah. Was, yeah, it's an expensive movie. It's a really yeah. beautifully shot movie. Like you're talking about. You don't really make, see that many horror movies that are like just well made, yes, ter- or have a have a style template. Really, I think the most terrifying. Okay, let's see what you think of this because we've spoken about this before, right? But the most so so, so you say Texas Chainsaw Massacre when to put when to put on the hook by Letterface and that just terrifyingness mm, of that mm. scene. The most terrifying, I think, death scene in any movie for me is Zodiac. Oh God, yeah, that is, were, yeah, yeah, and it's broad daylight, yeah. And it's 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 just the realness of that, the noise. The sc- oh, it's horrible even yeah. thinking about it. And so you're talking about gr- when great directors, when really like David Fincher, when like Michael Mann, um, like Jonathan Demme, when they make mm. her, they just bring so much to the genre. It's just not yeah. something we see anymore. What 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 uh, what on screen deaths freak you about the most? That I remember seeing that in the cinema. Um, me and my girlfriend Kate went to see that when it was out in cinemas. And that sequence, I swear to Christ, I can still hear your one screaming. Like, yeah. It's horrible. It's the bluntness of it or something. It was, yeah, because like, I mean, the, the, the thing that they always say in horror films is that like, if you don't see it, your mind will fill in the blanks. Mm. And that's kind of idea that you could freak your, yourself out better by doing it. But I genuinely believe if they show it, if you see it happening, that's terrifying. And like another example, I would say of a film that, uh, or of a death rather that freaked me out that was really blunt um, is Jaws. It's when you see um, Quint getting eaten by the shark. And like, I know it's a big dumb rubber shark and you know that it's but fake. But you've been on a journey with that character for yeah, the whole yeah. thing and it's that's it's the impact of that too. And, but it's, yeah. it's the fact that you see him, It's again, it's that thing of the screaming. Like, you see like Quint, like this was this guy who was all like, you know, he's really built and he's really angry and he's really kind of cynical. I'll and, catch him for you. Yeah, and he's, but I'll skin him for tin. <laughs> They're like, he's, you know, incredible acting. But then when you see him getting eaten and he's terrified and he's like roaring and shouting and like the thing is biting down on him. That freaked me out when it was a kid. But Zodiac though, I think it's the similar thing as well. It's the idea of like, you see what's terrifying the person on screen. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's her reaction. Her yeah, face her reaction. Well. But you see that actor's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the thing of like you see what's terrifying them in the in the same in that same sequence because it's same from scene. his point of view looking at her reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you see him and in Jaws you see the shark biting, 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 and there the reaction is it's all on the one page. But it's that whole that scene. whole that whole death sequence in Jaws that was the first one that you see the really shark happened, yeah. that you see. You know, everything else is from a distance, or it's, it's, it's coming from under the water. Yeah, mm. everything like I mean, when the Alex kid, when the Kintner kid gets gets bitten. I thought that that bit was more traumatizing. Do you think? Well, yeah, because it's a kid. I don't. They think actually that. killed a kid, and there's like blood splurting up into the air. But it's all from the distance. But it's horrific. It's a child. I know. I, I, I but know. that's why it works probably because it's a distance. Because if you saw yeah. that, you'd be on the beach. Maybe yeah. it's my you maternal know. instinct. No, it, it yeah. is terrible. And I was, and remember yeah. how you're really nervous. He's going to go after the dog, and you're yeah. like, no, not the dog. <laughs> Isn't I it hilarious that, how people yeah. react like that yeah, in the cinema? If, if, if you see, like the dog, what was it recently? Was it Meg? 
the dog gets in the water. Oh, yeah. like, not the dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Leave the dog Kill out. all these other characters. No problem. We don't care. But not the dog. Yeah, Halloween did that as well. There was a bit where, like... Um, <gasps> I do remember this. When, yeah, when yeah. he was, like, standing over a crib and you're like, holy Jesus, he's yeah. going to kill a baby. And then he just walks away from it. And you're like... Because I, I see... I, I don't know if I missed the show, obviously, last week, but I've seen Halloween. Well... Um, I, I really liked it. I think it's a four-star movie. It's really good fun. I'm not going to go into it again, Brian. We've had, <laughs> many, we've had public and private disagreements yes, about, your, about your star rating for Halloween. But that's that brought it back to the whole. I want to get your favorite on-screen dad as well, or the most terrifying on-screen that mm. you had as well. Dude. But just uh, talking about Halloween, there was just he is ba- the Terminator Two analogy. So works on so many levels yeah. because he's just a machine, mm-hmm. and he's like the the one scene that they show bits of it in the trailer where the, the, he's walking the down the street. Shot. Yeah, he's walking down the street, and it's like it's like a big long tracking shot. And then he looks in the house and then you literally see him go around the back and come into the house. It's just, it's that kind of bluntness. Mm. But there's something almost cartoonish about it because he's, you know what I mean? Like it's something, like, I mean, it's great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a really fun movie. Everything about it worked for me. But it's not that Zodiac style. No, no, no. Because so many people are being killed. Yeah. And then the two podcasters at the, at the, at the start, I was like, oh, kill him. Oh yes, <laughs> brilliant! You were doing my head, and I'm deli- you know it's not the same where you you go on a journey with a character, yeah. and you're yeah. oh god, I can't That's believe that. Kid. And on a, on a quick aside, on the, on the haunting of Hill House, um, there's this. I think it's the sixth episode. Have you watched it yet, Dave? Have you? Nope. And uh, there's a sixth episode. It's I think it's the first shot. I think is about twenty minutes long. It's all a tracking shot, and you're on the sound stage, um, and it's. You realize how because they go in not to give too much away, but they it, it's like a funeral, and then they're walking into a different part of it, a different part of the house, and then they're in the old house. And how Mike Flanagan stages it, and he, it's obviously like a plane they blocked it out in detail. It's incredible. Mm. It's the best horror I've seen in I don't know how long. It is, but I'm just saying like it's it's a really good series anyway. Yeah. But just the technicality of how they of how they do it is. It's because you're going to, again, you're going to journey yeah. with these characters. You've been with them for six episodes or whatever it is already. Yeah. So, Dee, what's your one moment where you were like, Ooh. I was trying to, yeah, I was kind of racking my brain there trying to think of a moment, but I suppose just in relation to what we were talking about there, I think that the movie that has to get the shout out is Psycho because it's the first movie that did all of that. It's the first one that was kind of a bloody death without seeing actual any blood. It was the first one where, like, we really kind of got to, like, know and care about this character and you know you see her go on a moral journey she's going to like run away with the partner with all this money and then she kind of realizes it's wrong and is about to change her mind and then she gets killed in the shower and like just the fact that like you know that character is so kind of through the movie she was Janet Leigh was a big star yeah yeah. she was a big star and just the fact that like as well just like where she's killed the fact that like it's in the shower and everything and she's so like exposed and vulnerable like there's literally nothing that she can grab she can't even like have a like sense of dignity you know because she's naked it's so horrible the music is Bernard Herrmann isn't it yeah and he would have done like the iconic music for Vertigo as well like his compositions are incredible do you have a do you have a favourite death not to sound morbid but like or one that like impacted you when you were a youngster or um, I would say one of the more heart wrenching deaths was uh, Shaun of the Dead's mum oh in the pub interesting. and it wasn't so much her death because I mean it was always going to happen because she was after like, I assume you've seen it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like cause she's been bitten and you know it's obviously like She's gonna die at some point, and it wasn't. It was when uh, Dylan Moran had the gun pointed at her, and shot Simon Pegg roared at him, and he was like, "Stop pointing a gun at my mum!" And it was the way his voice was in that. I thought that was it's a real good. moment in a kind of a 
horror comedy. Yeah. Really. yeah. Like, yeah. Funny enough, Dylan Moran's death in that really freaked me out as well, actually. I'd like to something about like I have a real problem with zombies. Like I can't watch zombies. See that, that, that goes back to, I yeah. love zombies. But that, that goes back to That's that cyclical bad. thing as well yeah. of and then it was zombie movies because around Shaun of the Dead it was 28 days 28 yeah. days later yeah. uh, sorry 28 days later and um, there was a bunch more of them Dawn of the Dead the Dawn of yeah. the Dead yeah. remake what did zombies freak you out? I don't know I just I, I think it's the like it, that scene in Shaun of the Dead when Dylan Moran gets ripped apart like I think it's the idea of like loads of people coming at me and like not being able to fight <laughs> you just don't want to be touched <laughs> yeah in like, general, no, but general yeah, yeah. In general. I mean like if I was going <laughs> yeah. to a psychologist and tell him all this yeah. he'd be like yeah this is you have problems with intimacy you have problems <laughs> yeah. with people coming at you no it's really true like like, like zombie movies I, I can't mm. I can't deal with it. I always like. think zombie movies are fun. I, I love, like, I yeah. love the Resident Evil movies, and I know they're crap, but for me, they're like <laughs> yeah, you, you have a really weird. I love the Resident yeah. Evil movies. Like, they're so rubbish. They're such easy yeah, watching. You know. Yeah. yeah. I love um, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. It's really good. Love the Dawn of the Dead yeah, remake. That, really that opening title sequence uh, to the man comes around. James Gunn wrote the script. Obviously, he's action writer directed it. It's brilliant. Yeah. So good. But if you go back and you watch like the original zombie movie, which by the way, they never actually use the word zombie through the whole mm. movie, uh, Night of the Living Dead, which this year turns 40. 40 and right? it's on public domain. You can yeah. watch it for free on YouTube. So check it out. But um, that movie, I was really surprised at how much it blew me away, especially I won't give it away now. But the ending, the last few minutes, I was like, did they just do that? Holy crap. Like it's it really like it just goes to show like what a legend George A. Romero was and it does show like this is a worthy movie to like spark off this huge like you know kind of m- movement of movies yeah. since mm. so yeah and do you know where the real villains are and I think it goes back to Dave's uh, most or uh, most terrifying movie he's seen kids kids are, kids yeah. are scared kids are scared in any serial killer yeah than actually specifically after the ring it was any horror with freaky children I yeah like but isn't that, isn't that yeah, the whole thing though that. like does you what's the most terrifying thing you could see in the middle of the night wake up and it's just a kid standing at the end of your bed just there. that's worse than a guy with a knife it's yeah. because children are unpredictable and you don't know what's going through their <laughs> tiny crazy little minds you wanted to save them a few minutes ago one was getting eaten by a shark now yeah. you're like get um, away from me yeah, that there's that famous weird. maternal instinct <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh she's quite the maternal one is that our dear <laughs> No, my sister. Uh, I tell you, I don't know. My sister dressed up her uh, her son as Chucky. For How old is he? He's like oh, he's like he's like three and he's like three and a half. <laughs> like gave him like 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 the dungarees, the little and hair, the, the little and hair Chucky, and like drew the little thing in him, then gave him a phone like. <laughs> <laughs> sent him out and he was like running around like <laughs> Jennifer's freaked out she's a, she's a nut job she's a nut job as my sister okay well I th- that was an interesting discussion on, on the old horror genre so you're going to watch anything on, on Halloween night I've actually never seen the Blair Witch Project so with Ooh. all our talk but I might uh, go it's watch so- it oh and another one I have to because I have to shout out for this one I know I've mentioned it a few times on the show but I absolutely adore Raw so oh, yeah. Yeah. That. I saw you tweeting about Raw yeah. the other day yeah. yeah, I must give that a watch okay let's move on to something lighter D let's finish with some light movie news some movie news I didn't know if you were doing the robot or what. I did, yeah. (laughs) You can do the robot. Um, So I just have a couple of news items today. I thought I'd keep it lean. Uh, First of all, we have to have our obligatory like news that Brian can rant on about. So this one is related to Star Wars. The Boba Fett standalone movie has officially been cancelled. This essentially signals the end of the short run of standalone movies that Star Wars were planning, starting with Rogue One and then they had Solo, which ended up being a total, you know, mess. 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 Just say mess. Still give it three and a half stars. 
Um, but they're now refocusing on the TV series The Mandalorian from John, John Favreau. Favreau. Yeah. 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 Bryce so. Dallas Howard and Taika Waititi are going to be directing episodes of it. So like that's yeah, pretty, that's if they've cool. got some interesting people involved. So yeah. James Mangold was going to direct. Mm. Yeah, so it would have been. I would. It would have been interesting to see. So they've I just. Think. So if you reckon they've just readjusted the whole. Yeah, that's the whole what they've said. Film. Yeah, they be, apparently this the story is, is that um, Solo lost them that much money and because was, they reshot it. Yes, yeah, yeah, and not even that as well. It was the fact that they basically. They were doing too much too soon. They wanted to... It's the whole thing of walk, don't run. Like, they wanted Marvel um, Marvel amounts of money and Marvel mm. amounts of output from it. Um, and, like, the thing of it is is that, like, you know, the first... The original ones, like A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, um, they were, like, four years apart. Yeah. And between Return of the Jedi and the prequels, Phantom Menace, there was nearly, like, 20 years or whatever yeah. it was. So like, And here's Lucasfilm, like, basically trying to put out a Star Wars movie a year. A year, yeah. yeah. Which is just... Well, it, well, their whole thing was, though, that it worked really well up until up until Solo. Uh, solo, yeah. And it worked really well for Marvel. So it's a formula that does work. The issue is that Solo didn't work. Didn't work no. at all, no. And I think a lot of it is down to the fact that, like, the directors that they're hiring, they have good intentions, but they just don't seem to have a grasp on Lucasfilm's way of doing things. Like, as in, like, with Garrett Evans and, and all that, like, they had to bring in Tony Gilroy to yeah. basically direct mm-hmm. the entire third act and completely rewrite it. He was it. in to help him, wasn't he? Was not he there. came in to help them, but, like, I mean, he pretty... Apparently what happened was he basically directed redirected a lot of the the kind of the smaller scenes like Rogue the, One is one of those ones as well it's a lot of people's favourites yeah, yeah it's yeah a lot it's of a people choice I guess yeah it does yeah and like I think the fact that it's a contained story in the sense of like it has a beginning a middle and end and you know these characters aren't going to make it out of it um, Solo a lot of people did like it I mean, I mean it's at 70 some percent on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. well enough review well yeah. enough yeah and like I say like people enjoyed it um, but the fact is is that it had a terrible, terrible production. Like it had a really bad production, and like Ron Howard had to reshoot everything. James Mangold, I think, if he had been given the chance to make his Boba Fett film, I think that would have really corrected it because, you know, the character of Boba Fett is based on westerns. It's based on Clint Eastwood. It's mm. based on the man with no name. And James Mangold is one of the best directors of westerns. Like you look at like Copland, which was essentially a neo western. Three Ten to Yuma, Logan. He knows that genre so well. I feel like people have forgotten about Logan a little bit and how good Logan was. Yeah, because it came out so early last year that mm. it wasn't considered for the Oscar race at all. It's a cracking film. It's a brilliant it's nominated film. for best screenplay. Yeah, yeah, and that was that like was Scott Frank. Yeah. yeah, like. Patrick Stewart should have been in contention for Best, Best Supporting Actor. And I yeah. really sure. believe he was robbed. He absolutely 100% should have been in the conversation for it. Like, the performance that he gives in that is incredible. And James Mangold is a director as well. Like, I mean, I know we were talking about Walk the Line last, last week. Last week, yeah. Um, but, like, go back and watch Copland. That is one of the most underrated films and one of the most underrated performances that Sylvester Stallone has ever given. I think that's up there as his best performance yeah, and I, yeah, I yeah. count Rocky in that as well I would agree but with you what I would add to that is you've you said there um, a minute ago about James Mangold being allowed to make the movie he wants yes. to make and that's actually a good point with regards to like just with Lucasfilm how much and we've talked about this with the likes of Marvel before but the studio control thing when yeah. it comes to Lucasfilm is on another level like they have a very exact vision that they want their movies to come out of how they want the production to go along and what they want as their final product and because like they're basically not 
you know, happy with any kind yeah. of, you know, creative control going to yeah. the directors. It's kind of like, well, where decide, is there where to, bother, yeah. yeah, where is there to kind of go well, with these movies that's, now? I mean, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they might find it difficult now, been the disagreement that they had with Kathleen yeah. Kennedy, mm-hmm. I suppose, and the reverberation of that and what they're going to do next. Because mm-hmm. they, they, I mean... I mean, we don't know what happened or what didn't happen right? Mm. but it could be foreseen that well you've you've ruined the Star Wars yeah. in the films now yeah. because you know whoever made the decision again we don't know but yeah. somebody on the outside could look in and go oh well you two messed this whole thing up now yeah. so it'll be interesting to see what they do next it will be if yeah. they do anything next well, I mean, they do anything the, um, well their baby was kind of the Lego movie and I understand that Lego movie 2 that had as that a, had different directors as a different say. director yeah I just seen because of Solo and stuff yeah. so yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do now. Yeah. Anyway, sure, look, we, it's grand. A couple of Star Wars movies every couple of years is Yeah, you don't care. Like, yeah, like, you don't care either, do you? Not particularly. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll go watch them. I would be interested in them. Like, as you said, like, Rogue One would have been my favourite Star Wars yeah. film. Yeah. I think it is the best, I suppose, standalone film. As yeah. But, yeah, Star Wars, I can, most can of the time, I can it. take it or leave it. I need to down it. Yeah, I think most people are the same, except for the nerds, like Brian. Yeah. What else you got for Steve? Um, the IT director Andy Muschietti he's Argentinian isn't he Muschietti Um, he is set for the US remake of Attack on Titan so this for anyone who doesn't know such as myself this is one of the best selling manga comics of all time it's set in a future where where humanity hides in cities while giant humanoid creatures called Titans roam the land so this has previously been adapted for a live action movie. It's been adapted for a two-part anime movie and Warner Brothers are behind it. Um, Andy Muschietti is currently working on It Chapter 2. So I suppose this will be his next project after that. Well, I'd say that's closer to wrapping now. Yeah, it's it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Jessica Chastain posting stuff from the set a couple of months ago. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, in Toronto. So it's interesting because it was such a big hit. Mm-hmm. You, obviously, you obviously rolled up the truck full of money to get him to direct the second yeah. one. And he will be seen as somebody who can handle Brockbuster money, Brian. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, I think the fact that it was such a success, and like you say, there was so so much money kind of pumped into it, like that. The fact that they needed it to do well, and it did do well. Um, I would be. I mean, Attack on Titan is kind of has some horror elements, but it's basically a sci-fi film. Like it's it a sounds ver- very Blade Runner. Yeah, it's kind of thing. Yeah, yeah all directors want to. They all want to make their kind of Blade Runner movie. Don't yeah, they? kind they of sci-fi yeah. epic. Yeah. Thing, yeah, 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 yeah. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I think this is. It will be like the last chapter two. Rather, will be the last. I think horror film he'll make, and they, from now on, he'll be doing like big blockbuster films, like, which is cool because. You look at Mama, you look at it, the the first one, like he has a real understanding of, you know, big, you know, painting on a big scale, you know, that kind of way. He can really kind of get a big, broad vision and kind of drill it down to mm. a small group of people. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, no, definitely. I'm, I'm excited. Definitely. I think Attack on Titan is pretty cool. It's not for everybody. Whether it happens now. I think it will. Yeah. I think the fact that they got him on board to have a director, I think that now means that it's the the wheels are starting to turn on. Do we think the second it movie can be scary? Well, I know I haven't seen it now, but I think that the nineteen ninety version is notorious for the <sighs> second, second one half was the bad being one, yeah. no, but it's notorious for the second half not being good. Yes, yeah. you know, so it kind of has to, you know get rid of that reputation but yeah. I mean it has got like huge talent behind it with the likes of like Bill Hader James McAvoy Jessica Chastain and stuff so they're definitely like you know using their star stable to try to make it kind of a better movie than perhaps the original source material yeah, is yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see what he can do there Brian mm. because it's there's not a whole lot 
in the second half not really, really. other than flashbacks because they're not bringing all the kids back from they the are bringing the kids yeah. back yeah yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, I mean, if you read the book, like, they like it gets very ridiculous, like, which is a problem with a lot of kings. Oh, it's a giant spider. Giant something. spider, yeah. yeah, it's a big giant spider. Pennywise is this spider that Mike lives, won't be watching it then. <laughs> that lives that lives on the third circle of hell or something like that. Oh, it's just it's ridiculous. Like, but I mean, to be fair, you know, the original, the the one, the first one did cut out a lot of things from the book that didn't make sense or just weren't going to work, mm. like that whole. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, that thing. I'm not. Yeah, yeah that. They cut that out. Thank God. You know it's bad when Brian won't even say yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I'd imagine there'll be a lot of dubious editing. Or dubious? Do you mean? I mean, there'll be a lot of judicious editing of the book of the book to condense it and make it scary. And like I say, you know, they have a really that's a really strong cast. Mm-hmm. Like Jessica Chastain and James yeah. McAvoy and Bill Hader. Like, that's a good cast. But I mean, it'll be interesting if it's a shorter half, how they're going to actually extend it out. Because I mean, I was surprised the first It movie is something like... It's two hours it's and a, ten. It's nearly two hours long, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was just under two hours. Well, it's around two hours. Yeah, yeah. but so, it works. And yeah. I think the first It movie as well, because it's, I mean, it's easier for the ensembles, I think, to stretch out that long. Yeah. Mm. And when they work quite well. But those visuals like Pennywise dancing and there's so many great visuals. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, Bill Skarsgård does such a good job oh, he as does, well. He's yeah. brilliant. So it, isn't creepy. He? Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for this week. Um, we hope we've given you some movies to be scurred over. Scurred. We didn't do a revisit this week because we've been talking about yeah, uh, movies. Yeah. It didn't make sense then to just do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's talk about <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> How about we that could Kenny? talk about Top Gun. How about that Kenny Loggins, you guys, right? Uh, Brian, what's out next week? Oh, yeah, I know this. Widows and Overlord. Deadly. Ha! So speaking of horror zombie movies set in World War Two, mm-hmm. we've mentioned World War Two, but we've mentioned both horror and zombie movies. There we go. And Widows, I'm going to try and get to that in a Monday. So hopefully, yeah, yeah same. Too. You've seen it. I have seen it, and it's very good. Very good. Very very good. Yeah, really really good. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, mm, looking forward very, to it. Very very good. Uh, thanks, producer Dave. Appreciate it. No worries. Always thanks, a pleasure. Reed. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Good luck. Entertainment.ie I love the way you say film.